Welcome back. <clears throat> I'm 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. Apologize, pause the music. Actually, just keep it going. Why not? <clears throat> uh, had a almost week-long break. Apologize. Apologize for that. I was just, I was just sick for like a couple of days last week. You want to know what's ironic about last week? Last week was really supposed to be my week off. And I was like, I can't take a week off. The NBA playoffs are too important. We're knee deep in it. Why would I take a break off, uh, a break or a week off? And then I was forced to take a week off. So that's kind of where I was at <clears throat> and where I'm at currently. I think I'm still going to take a week off after the NBA playoffs, but last week was like a forced sabbatical, unfortunately. But a lot of really, really huge NBA games have happened and will happen. Looks like Miami will take the series very, very easily. The same thing goes for Denver potentially tonight, unless the Lakers win. We'll talk about the two basketball series as well as OTAs for the NFL are starting to kick off. I kind of was out late <clears throat> doing some stuff when the NFL schedule was released. So we'll probably, we'll maybe get into some NFL stuff and we'll open up the show with some Formula One as well. Because a very, very important event happened last week. Not really this weekend, but last week in Formula One. Anyways, I'm going to talk about it, ladies and gentlemen, right here. 24's podcast. The time that you told me in the cold night to relax when all I knew was to hold tight. Remember the time that I spoke to a crowd in a blue house, realized that you was my ace. I was the joker on the stage singing the blues. All eyes on me, it had nothing to prove. But yo, I thought I knew what a diamond shine like. But I felt a shot of love in the limelight from the queen of <clears throat> While I was out and while I was sick, I, I was listening to Nusha Best, man. Listening to Nujabes, 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 I don't, I don't know how to say his name. Producer, DJ from Japan, <clears throat> the king slash grandfather of lo-fi hip-hop. We're going to listen to a lot of his music here on Friday, you know, just because, just because I like it so much. <clears throat> God, man. I, I was watching the new McGregor, the Conor McGregor show, the, the new Conor McGregor documentary, where it was essentially going over, it was going over, <clears throat> what was it? It was going over 
the um hold on sorry about that it was going over how it like i'm i'm on ebay right now i i, I gotta talk I, my mind is is not shattered but it's fractured i gotta talk about a couple of different things so i'm on ebay now like right now right I'm planning on purchasing some stuff. I've been in the market to buy a new couch, all that stuff. I've been talking about it. <clears throat> I've been talking about it for months. And I've also been trying to figure out, I've been trying to purchase or not really that hard, hard. I've been, I've been looking for this video games anime it's called persona it's the persona 4 animation it is when i tell you that this anime is like scrubbed rubbed from the internet it is ridiculously scrubbed it's like you cannot find this anime anywhere you have to like you have to essentially go on super illegal websites that will 1000% give you a virus 1000% will give you a virus in order <clears throat> in order to be able to watch this TV show because the licensing is weird like sometimes it's on Netflix but for the most part it's not I have one of the collections I have one I have one of the collections I have the first collection I do not have the sec I have the second collection excuse me I do not have the first collection and I've been trying to purchase this. I've been trying to find it for years now. And I just found one. I just found like a new listing on eBay. It looks legit. I don't know if it is. It's a new listing. It's 50 fucking dollars for the both of them. Okay. To keep, keep in mind. Keep in mind. One of these would run you $50. The first collection, it's like a, like the seller has no idea what he has, by the way. It's like one of those situations. But the new collection, the first collection is so fucking rare. It usually goes for over a hundred fucking dollars. I cannot believe I found one. Cannot believe I found it. Let alone, like I'm looking at another one. It's just like, let alone... The first two, the, the first and second collection, like combined, are easily over a hundred plus dollars. And I'm just like, I'm hoping. I'm like, I'm hoping. I'm like, just hold out. Hold out for a little bit longer. Hold out. Hold out. So fucking close. Oh, so fucking close to getting one. And then finally I get the entire I'm a I'm a huge Persona fan. I love Persona. Love it. Goodness gracious. I'm like, please, just hold it. Sorry. Um, I also, like, over the weekend, I bought... I mean, I, I bought a lot of shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. I bought these new Spider-Man t-shirts. By the way. By the by. Oh, God. The new Spider-Man movie is coming out next week. The Little Mermaid is also coming out. Apparently, it's, it's all right. Big Little Mermaid fan. Love The Little Mermaid. I've watched it ever since I was a kid. Where essentially it was, you know how like kids today, oh god, I sound so old. Kids, ooh, back in my day. But back in my day, we didn't have phones, we didn't have iPads. 
So after school, for essentially the teachers that were the substitute teachers or whatever, um, to essentially like, you know, let us just do not let us do something, but essentially to like give us a babysitter without actually having to do anything themselves. They just put on movies and TV shows and stuff like that via VHSs because that's all that my school had. Because I'm old, I'm a millennial, I'm old, but they put on VHSs, and one of those was The Little Mermaid. And it got me into musicals. I'm not a singer, obviously. I'm not the. Uh, I'm not dramatic or a theater kid, but I do love a good musical. I do. I hate to admit it. I do love a good musical. And so, seeing, I think her name is Haley or Hallie. I don't know how to say her name. Haley um, Bailey just fucking sing her fucking hearts out, her her lungs out in a whole new world. Oh, God. Or part of your world, not a whole new world. Similar song titles, I apologize. But, oh, God, I'm so fucking excited. And then I saw a little bit of Under the Sea. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for it on Friday. But it's two hours long instead of an hour and 30 minutes long, which just... I don't know why the runtime is longer. It's the exact same thing that happened with The Lion King. I knew that it was probably going to be the best Disney live-action movie, and it's, like, the reviews are in. It probably is. But is it going to be a good movie? I don't know. I don't know. Disney's got to get a handle on these fucking live-action movies. Because already they're filming the, the Lilo and Stitch live-action movie. And um, I'm, I'm not excited for it at all. Like, the whole point of animated movies and TV shows is that you can do things that you can't do in live action. And, I like, Disney just doesn't get it. It's like, dude, you have some of the best and greatest animated movies ever, and you want to butcher them. Like, they're going to make another Moana. It's not even been 10 years since the original Moana came out. And it's like, it's one of the best Disney movies they've ever made ever. And it's just like, they're like, yeah, we're just going to make a new Moana for some weird reason. I'm like, really, guys? Really? Really? Just like, okay. Okay, saw the new Jack Harlow movie. I paid $7 to renew my, my Hulu subscription. It's, it's all right. Wouldn't call it great. I probably won't ever see it again, if not ever. I'm shocked at how much better Jack Harlow was. Who's the other guy? There was like, like Jack Harlow was, was significantly better than, than his like castmate, than his co-main character, I guess. Cast of white men can't jump. I don't know. Like the other guy, what's his name? Sin, Sin Quad Walls. I don't know how to say his first name. He's 38 years old. He looks like he's in his 20s. Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, he's, it, it's, it, it was rough. It was rough watching him play or rough watching him just really just act, man. It was, <clears throat> it was fucking rough, bro. Super, super fucking rough. But Jack Harlow did okay. They also had Laura Harrier. I think that's what her name is. She was. She dated Clay Thompson for a hot minute? God damn. If you have no idea who she is, she's um, Laura Harrier. I, I knew her from Spider-Man Homecoming. 
I was like, I, I remembered her face, but I was like, I don't, I don't know where she was from. And then I, and then I Googled her and I was like, oh yeah, she's, she's Peter's love interest. Oh, I, I love, she's 33 years old. She looks like she's 20. That's insane. And she's dating, she dated Clay Thompson for like a hot minute. Jesus Christ. Apparently she's like a model or a supermodel, which I can believe. She, she looks fucking fantastic. Tiana Taylor was in it as well. She did. She was fucking awesome. But oh my God, man. And Andrew Schultz. For some weird reason, was just in it as well. Vince Staples was in it. Vince Staples is in a lot of stuff. I'll, hey man, I'll say it. I'll fucking say it. Nobody wants to say it. I'll fucking say it. Vince Staples isn't that good. I saw him in fucking um in Abbott Elementary, and I was like, you literally could have subbed in anyone else besides Vince Staples and they would have done a, a better job. No disrespect to Vince Staples. I like him, but I'm like, please leave the acting to the actors and leave the rapping, singing to the rappers and the singers. Please and thank you. I'm, I'm kind of at that point, but Jack Harlow was fine. He was okay. The movie didn't offend me. I've never seen white men can't jump, to be honest with you. So uh, don't look at me side-eye, bro. The movie came out before I was born. I don't know... Like, I don't know what people want from me. It was made in 1992, okay? 1990, what do you want from me, okay? I'm a millennial. I'm not 30 years, I'm close to being 30. I'm not 30 years old, okay? I'm not 30 yet. I've never, and by the way, even if you are like young 30s, you may or may not have seen this movie. Let's just all have our come to Jesus moment, okay? I get it. It's a part of the culture. It's a huge movie. I'll probably watch it later to see if it's actually any good. Let me let me look at Rotten Tomatoes. Let me see. It's it's at 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I guess it's good. It's like 68% audience score. I guess it's a good movie. I don't know. But it's just like, Jesus Christ. By the way, the uh, the script for the movie was actually good. The, uh, the one that I watched, but... Oh, God. I, I, I don't know what you want. Never seen the movie... I don't watch a lot of BET. I'm black. I'm a boondocks stan. I love the boondocks. And the boondocks tells me that BET is bad. So I don't watch BET. I never said I was smart. Sorry. Um. <coughs> Excuse me. Also, the fact that BET kind of like... The whole thing with Lil Nas X and BET is just ridiculous. Where it's like, BET is kind of like banned Lil Nas X from the fact that Jack Harlow can perform at the BET Awards and not Lil Nas X who's like literally one of the biggest pop stars on the planet ridiculous ridiculous excuse me one of the biggest he's he's one of the biggest pop stars on the planet Lil Nas X who is also black ridiculous ridiculous ugh Anyways, sorry about that. I'm just annoyed with some stuff. But solid white man can't jump. Probably not a watch. I probably would never watch it ever again, in all honesty. Played a lot of fucking Tears of the Kingdom as well. Played so much Tears of the Kingdom, it was absurd. <clears throat> Goodness gracious. 
I fucking finally got the Master Sword. I also... What else did I do? I got the fucking Master Sword. Fucking got the Deity Armor. I got so much fucking shit. Oh my god. And now it's like I'm, I'm on Reddit right now. Looking up duplication stuff. Looking up how to duplicate things and things of that nature. It's... Uh, god. There's so much shit to do in Tears of the Kingdom. And... 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 I also, I also got, what is it? I also got like a shit ton of Nintendo Switch games, so I'm super juiced up. I'm sorry. Sorry. We were going to talk about, we were going to open up the show as I go back. Going to open up the show with Formula One and why I'm going to talk about Formula One and things of that nature here. So Formula One <clears throat> had a bit of a dud this weekend and really not even a dud I, I would say it's um the race was going to happen in Imola and in Imola it's it it had flooded horrendously um millions of dollars worth of damage was done to the city of I I don't know what where it is in in Italy but essentially the circuit that Imola is at or it's the city of Imola I'm not sure I'm not Italian. I'm not that that um that informed about Formula One, but <clears throat> it rained out essentially, it flooded out. I mean, there were pictures of essentially the paddock and of the racetrack that essentially it was just underwater, it was submerged. People couldn't even get to the paddock and the racetrack for days. It was really, really bad. The race was canceled. And so we didn't go racing this weekend, unfortunately, but also Unfortunately, more importantly, or more importantly, unfortunately, a lot of uh, bad stuff had happened in the city where the race was being held, unfortunately. So, but this weekend is Monaco. Monaco is one of the worst racetracks on the planet. It's terrible. How do you spell Mana? Monaco. Oh, I spelled it right. Boom. There we go. <clears throat> but Monaco is this absolutely dreadful, terrible racetrack. And the reason why it's terrible and dreadful and got off fault. Reason why I don't like it is because there are no passing. There is no passing. There is no overtaking. There is very, very little fighting because of just how the, tr the track and the course is designed. <clears throat> it's a very, very narrow circuit, so you, you can't really pass, and you can't really go that fast because of the way that the track is designed. It's, in my opinion, the worst track on the schedule, if not the worst, but it's a track that's almost 100 years old or over 100 years old. And so because of how long Formula One has been racing on this course, it is tradition, essentially, to race on this course, regardless of how bad this track is. And so that is this weekend, unfortunately. And then we get a two-week break, and then we go to Spain, and then an additional two weeks, we go to Canada. And then after, and then an additional two weeks, we'll go to Austria. 
And so, but really, the interesting thing about this weekend is the exact same thing that was interesting last weekend. It's that Mercedes had brought this upgrade package uh, in order to essentially, I guess, see how the car was going to fare potentially next season. Maybe not this season, but next season. I was looking at Formula One's Reddit, <clears throat> and there was this quote by Toto Wolf that said that the plans for the team and for Hamilton are now diverging, right? That's that's like the quote from from Wolf with Hamilton, right? Because the team wants to do something, Hamilton wants to do something else, right? Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, probably the greatest race car driver ever, seven-time champion, potentially wants to be an eight-time champion. Really, the last two years with Mercedes has kind of stalled out his attempts at getting his eighth world title, and he probably can. He just needs a better car. But unfortunately, he just the car that he's driving is not up to pace, and it's like metaphorically and literally with that of Red Bull and potentially of Aston Martin. And he has had to drive his socks off in order to to still be somewhat competitive in the midfield with Aston Martin and Ferrari. And even then, it's just like on some courses, on some tracks, his car doesn't really fare that well. The same thing, by the way, and I don't want to discount what George Russell has done, the other Mercedes driver. Same thing goes and flows with George Russell as well. It's like he's also driven fantastically over the course of this season. But unfortunately, it's like, like the car sucks. The car sucks for competing against Red Bull. I think... If I, I think right now, Aston Martin probably has the best car in the midfield. Red Bull has the best just anywhere on the grid. And then it's like a toss up between Ferrari and Mercedes. But Mercedes' drivers, in my opinion, are driving better races than Ferrari's drivers and Aston Martin's drivers, except Aston Martin just has a better car. And so, I mean, I, for damn sure, the Mercedes drivers are driving better than Lance Stroll. I'll tell you one thing. Lance Stroll has a great car, and I mean, he's finishing, like, he's finishing constantly and consistently unless something bad goes, uh, goes Mercedes' way. He's finishing behind Mercedes consistently. Consistently. And he's just out of the race. Meanwhile, Land, uh, Alonso, Fernando Alonso, is constantly in competition with Mercedes. He's constantly pushing Red Bull. I have the actual results of the races since March 5th, and it's like Alonzo third place, Alonzo third place, Alonzo third place, you know, in Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, in Australia, Melbourne, and then in the Miami Grand Prix, he finished third, and that was the last race that we had. Probably would have finished in the top three again. Probably would have gotten a podium. But... The issue collectively with Mercedes is the upgrade package that they probably that they brought or that they were going to bring to Imola probably would have just been like people have been speculating on it, but essentially it would have it would have showcased or potentially it would have helped out the team in figuring out how to design the car for next year, not really for this year, because again, I don't think anyone's catching Red Bull this year again. Uh, for the third year, really for the second year in a row. 
fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which side of the aisle you lean on. But for not Ferrari, Mercedes has kind of struggled with the car design and Hamilton has been pretty outspoken about it and against it. And da, 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 da. And I don't know. It's just it's just going to be a weird race this weekend. It's going to be a weird race series overall, I guess. But Monaco is Monaco is Monaco's a bit of a snooze fest in all honesty. I can't wait to watch Formula 1 again, but I mean, but Monaco, you want to know the interesting thing about Monaco? The Red Bull car has not performed as well in qualifying as it has in the race. Like, in the race, it's just unstoppable. In qualifying, though, it can be beaten. And so, with this track, with this course being this course where essentially where you start in qualifying is where you're going to finish in the race, being that as it is, like, maybe a team like Aston Martin, maybe a team like Mercedes, maybe Ferrari can push Red Bull and Max Verstappen out because of just the way that the course and the way that the track is designed, slow speed, and um, and also just narrow, narrow streets in a narrow circuit. It's hard for overtaking. It's hard for passing. So it will be interesting. And I remember, oh my God, the coverage of the United States Grand Prix kind of sucked by the Americans, by ESPN. Jesus Christ, it was so fucking bad. Like literally <clears throat> every single, because I was watching Sports Center. Don't watch Sports Center. I literally have my TV off right now because I'm like, I don't want to watch ESPN or Sports Center or whatever. But I was watching like Sports Center and they had Nicole Briscoe on and all of the uh, the donuts, all of the analysts were like, oh my God, Max Verstappen. Like, uh, can anyone challenge Max Verstappen? Ooh, like, like uh, what a surprise. Max Verstappen won again. And it's just like, well, if you've been watching the races and if you know anything about Max Verstappen and the Red Bull, you know that it's pretty much an unbeatable car if you've been watching the races. Apparently, nobody has been watching the races at ESPN uh, at all. Watching Nicole Briscoe kind of struggle through an interview with Lewis Hamilton was not fun at all. When, like, Lewis is easily one of the easiest subjects to interview, like, ever. So, it, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to watch what's going on. Apparently, Charles Leclerc, the Ferrari driver, is in contract negotiations and talks with Ferrari for a contract extension, which is very, very interesting because Ferrari has been a Class A dumpster fire for the last really couple of years. And it's been a lot of the team and some of the strategy, specifically with uh, the former director and Mattia Bonato, I think that's how you say his name, kind of being the head of Ferrari for a couple of years. And then it just, not going very well and him not really doing a great job in Ferrari's very, very high standards that also demand quick results. They want quick results. But um, Ferrari was in shambles over the last couple of years. There, there seems to be some stability. Fortunately, like, it kind of looks... Like, in the Constructors' Cup, I think Ferrari is, like, third... I don't actually know. Let me go. Let me let me get it. They're like third or fourth, right? But to me, I feel like Ferrari is. I feel like Ferrari is like. 
is like behind Mercedes and behind Aston Martin. Let me see. I'm going to go into the constructors. Yeah, yeah. This is where I would have them. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're fourth. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> but, I mean, we'll see what happens with Ferrari long term. We'll see. But I just, Ferrari, weird. I don't think they're catching anyone else. Um, Aston Martin, we'll see what happens with them and Mercedes. I think Mercedes is the second best team, but that's not really saying anything. I mean, here's, here's the points when it comes to the constructor's championship, uh, the constructor. Yeah. The constructor championship, right? If you don't know what the constructor's championship is, essentially it is the team championship, right? Constructor being the teams that construct the cars, right? So this is the team championship. So essentially what happens in the constructor's championship is it is the points that both drivers per team, there's 10 teams. So there's 20 drivers. So the points of both of the drivers of each individual team accumulate over the course of a race season, right? So, for example, Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez's points will be added to the total for the Red Bull team, the Red Bull Racing Honda uh, team at the end of the season. And if they have the most points, which they probably will, they'll win the Constructors' Championship. Here's... Here is like a perfect example of the gap between Red Bull and everybody else. Red Bull is in first in the Constructors' Championship with 224 points. Like the max points that you can get, I think, per race is like 20-something, right? Aston Martin is the second, is, is the team in second place at 102. They are 100 points behind Red Bull Racing at 102 points versus 224. That is like the gap. That is a, as truest of a gap as you'll ever find, ever. And so Red Bull is just dominating, of course, but that's, that's no surprise. It'll be interesting to see how some of these other teams kind of compete here, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Interestingly enough, Williams is still bottom, and Williams has had, in my opinion, a really, really good year this year. And McLaren, which has been an absolute disaster, is like fifth in the constructors behind McLaren, behind Ferrari, which is just insane. I don't know how Williams only gets one point. They like they qualify really, really well. I guess it's because the drivers crashed, or I don't know what's going on. But I'm like one point. They got one point, Williams. Ridiculous. But we'll see what happens with with Williams and McLaren. McLaren has been a disaster. They have 14 points and by 8 they have been a disaster. I mean, they have been terrible. They have been embarrassingly terrible. And here they are in 5th place. So, we'll see what happens this Sunday with uh with Formula 1. I can't wait. I'm super excited for it. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's move on to the NBA now. Huge, 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 huge things. I mean, I don't know what the intro, uh, I don't know what the intro track for the Lakers is whenever they, uh, whenever they, whenever they enter Staples Center, but I'm like 1000% sure that they fucking blast this track every single time they enter, they enter the fucking, the fucking, the fucking stadium what is going on can can we i mean i just got rick rolled 
by the fucking Lakers. It's ridiculous. Why did the music cut off? I mean, that's that's a perfect encapsulation of the Lakers. They rickroll me, then they freaking then they freaking don't, then they rickroll me again, then they don't, then they don't, then they do. It's the, it, they don't. It's like will they will they embarrass me? Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Never gonna. Never gonna. Regardless, <clears throat> the Lakers are down. Three games to zero. Nobody has made a comeback after going down three games to zero as a huge LeBron James fan. Uh, even I will will not just go out and be like, they're going to win tonight. They're going to win tonight. Or not, maybe not win tonight. They're going to win the series. Even, like they may, they should win tonight. I mean, they should have won on Sunday, right? Saturday, Saturday. They won on Saturday. They did not win on Saturday. They got their butts whipped on Saturday. They, I mean, Here's the thing about the Lakers series versus the Denver Nuggets. It reminds me so similarly of the Brooklyn Nets versus the Philly series where, yeah, it was a sweep in the first round of the playoffs this year. It was a sweep this year. Joel Embiid, James Harden versus whoever was on the Brooklyn Nets this season. But it's just like, even though it was a sweep, even though Brooklyn lost, I felt that they could have taken two, maybe three games in the series just how, by how well they were playing. Turns out that wasn't necessarily that, that big of a, uh, of a take or that hot of a take because Philly choked a game six against Boston and then Boston took over in game seven. Regardless, the Lakers kind of... It's so interesting because the Lakers are, great, are a great defensive team and in my opinion, they were a great team at being able to close out the game. And in both, in all three of their losses, they have like given up double digit, just like unanswered points, like 10, 13, 14 unanswered points in the first, fourth quarter, specifically at, by like Jamal Murray. He's like been one of the main arbiters of just these huge scoring runs for the Denver Nuggets. And the Lakers, really, their offense stalled out, and they had no answer for it, and then they, they lose the game. And specifically in game two, LeBron looked horrendous. He looked terrible. He looked terrible. And, I mean, Anthony Davis has had, you know, some great games. He's had some great moments. He's had, you know, some hot and cold moments. But, I mean, for the most part, it's just... Like, they, they get close in the third quarter, and then they just cannot close out. They cannot figure out how to stop Joel, or not Joel, Jamal Murray, or Jokic. I mean, Jokic in game three, I remember at one point he had, let I me mean, look at his numbers. I mean, he had 24 points, but at one point, I think in, like, the second or the third quarter, he was, like, he wasn't in double figures yet. And so, to me, this game, game three, was, like, the game that the Lakers should have won, and Jamal Murray drops Almost 40 points on their skulls. Dropped 37. But, man, oh, man, oh, man. The Lakers. <sighs> so sad to see them. So sad, man. So sad. Austin Reeves had 23. LeBron James had 23. Anthony Davis had 28. Man. God. Rough game. Rough night for the Lakers. 108-119. I still think the Lakers are one of the best teams in the NBA. I just, I mean, they're just, they're not playing like themselves. 
They're not doing the things that they need to do to win this game, obviously. I mean, that's, that's just obvious. But it's just they have not been able to stop the Denver Nuggets in the fourth quarter, and that's kind of been every single game so far this series. It's just they let Denver loose in the fourth, and they just have no offense to speak of, really. No. Well, Lakers will probably lose tonight, and if they don't lose tonight, they'll probably lose on Wednesday, and if they don't lose on Wednesday, then they'll probably, I mean, look, it's they're down 3-0. No team has come back from that. One man, one team has come back from being down 3-1, and that was LeBron in the NBA Finals, obviously, in 2016, almost 10 years ago. But do I think that LeBron can do it this year? Probably not. Definitely. I don't want to say definitely not. I don't want to count him out, but Jesus Christ, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like, how bad does he want it? I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. I think... They just need to play better. I don't think they need that much more, but I don't know. I don't know. I think they could have won a, a championship with this, with uh, with this team and this r- roster already. But they're just down. They're just down right now, and I I don't know if they can uh, they can win tonight. We'll see. Oh, by the way, I'm recording this podcast like early in the day because I'm tired of recording at like ten o'clock at night. Miami versus Boston, I mean, this series is over with. It's done, done. Everybody's talking about how the Celtics have quit. I feel bad for Boston fans because Boston fans are super close to going fucking catatonic here because of how fucking bad Boston has been playing. Well, not how bad Boston has been playing, but just how unlucky, unlucky isn't the best way, but how how much of a collapse all these Boston teams are having it's like huge collapses. First, it started with the Bruins losing in the first round of the playoffs. Now it looks like the Boston Celtics are going to go down here on Tuesday night in Miami. Terrible matchup for them. Terrible matchup for them. But potentially going to go down 4-0, potentially get swept. What's his name? Joe. Who's a, who's a coach? Joe something something? Joe Mazzula, right? That's what his name is, Joe. Yeah, Missoula, head coach of the Boston Celtics. Look, he's in over his head. He's in over his head. I remember Nick Wright talking about how potentially he can be a good head coach. Right now, he is not. I mean, Joe Missoula has easily the better basketball team, easily, and he said. Something interesting. He said, I didn't have the guys prepared for the game tonight and such and such and such. For me personally speaking, I've I've talked a little bit about the dysfunction of the Boston Celtics. Let me kind of address it here right now. There were times in the Philadelphia 76ers series where I was questioning. I was questioning. I was looking at maybe not verbally, but I was like looking at. I was like looking and watching him coach basketball and I was like, why is he doing X thing? Like for example, and you can even kind of extrapolate that into this series as well because there have been moments where he's just made terrible coaching decisions. Like for example, in game, I think it was two, I think it was game two, where Boston goes on like a 40 point run, or not Boston, the Heat, go on a 40-point run 
he doesn't call a timeout against Miami. In game five, or I think it was game five, against Philly, where down the stretch, and this was like, this was so weird to me watching it live. Down the stretch, could have called a timeout, could have advanced the ball up the court. The Celtics are potentially about to close out this series in game five. And instead of calling a timeout, getting one final play drawn, winning potentially the game, he just kind of lets the game play itself out. Jason Tatum takes like this ill-advised shot. The game goes into overtime, I think. And let me just like review game. It's game five, right? Game five? Let me look it up. Yeah, it was game five that it happened. It was like Philly went up 115, I think in overtime, right? No, 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 in standard. Which game was it then? Was it game six? Or was it game four? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking of game four. My bad, my bad, my bad. Where they could have easily have taken a commanding lead, 3-2, over the 76ers. And this is in regulation. This is in, like, normal time. Jason Tatum dribbles the ball down the court, kind of gets disrupted on his way up the court instead of just advancing the ball. I was, I was annoyed watching him coach this. Jason Tatum gets disrupted, takes his ill-advised shot. Game goes into overtime. 76ers win in overtime. And I thought to myself, I'm like, dude, if you had gotten your players a better shot, if you had, like, actually done what you should have done, which was just call a timeout, draw up a play, and then just live by that, I don't know. Probably would have had a better shot. Probably would have potentially won the game. But instead, you let the clock run out. You let time run out. And instead of winning the basketball game, you lose it. Almost lose the series. But now, really, this series is kind of an indictment on his coaching even further. Because this series, he's going up against a team without a Tyler Hero and without Victor Oladipo. Miami is short-staffed. They don't have all of their basketball team. And they're smoking the Boston Celtics. I mean, it is an embarrassment of epic proportions. And I mean, it's such an embarrassment that one of the most bitterest rivals of the Boston Celtics, Magic Johnson, who, let me take a swig of water, hold on. Sorry about that. But one of their most bitterest rivals in Magic Johnson had to like call out the team and was like, I have never seen a basketball team like the Boston Celtics quit like they did on Sunday night. And Kenny Smith talked about it and everybody's kind of talking about the Kenny Smith quote where Kenny Smith was like, it looked like, that was a team that was on the verge of getting swept, and they still have one more game left to play. Like, it, was, it looked like they were playing a game four in game three, and they were ready and waiting to go to Cancun. They had their freaking hearts snatched from their chest and crushed right in front of them. They couldn't freaking do anything. Or more specifically, it wasn't like they didn't do anything. It was just that they didn't try. It's two very, very interesting 3-0s. Whereas the Lakers, 
potentially could have been up 3-0 in this series. Really, could have. Really should have probably taken two games in this series. Probably should have taken game game two and game three. Been up 2-1, going back, staying in Los Angeles, being up 3-1 now, potentially after tonight, and then going back to, uh, not to Memphis, but to Denver to potentially take the series. Now they're down 3-0, fighting for their freaking lives, hoping to take one game and start their, their comeback here. Potentially, we will see. The Celtics, meanwhile, I mean, tomorrow it's over with. I mean, Charles Barkley is already going on national television telling his grandson, be ready because I'm coming home. I'm, co <laughs> I'm coming home. I can't wait. And he's not wrong. It looks like Boston's done. I mean, the series looks like it's over. Boston just looks defeated already. Already. And we haven't even... I mean, good God, we haven't even played the, the freaking final game. <sighs> Anyways. Final thing I got to say today. Was gonna... Give me like a couple... Of, I gotta use the bathroom. Gotta go pee really, really fast. I'm drinking uh, some stuff. I'll be back in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, then I'll talk about some... Some NFL, some Raiders. Not really anything about the NFL schedule. I think the NFL schedule is kind of talked out. Um, certain teams will win certain games and things of that nature. And really, we'll talk more about it when the season gets going. But I kind of just wanted to finish with the Raiders because there's been some stuff coming out about Jimmy Garoppolo and also about the New England Patriots. Anyways, I'm piecing out. Not piecing out. I'll, I'm going to use the bathroom. Then I'll come back, ladies and gentlemen. 24th podcast. I told you that story to tell you this one. Love sick like a dog, canine sensitivity. Developing this new theory of relativity. Connecting the souls, resting in captivity. Positive life, sacrifice, what it is to be our history. Only a quarter of a century reality. Sitting on the shoulders of a chemistry. See, ain't no mystery. The colors that we mix will set the mind free. Let the blind see beyond harmony. Breathe life in the dead space below. Where your clouds of doubt, new territory. We determine to be everything a safe haven is supposed to be. Now it might seem distant, but the time is near. When the thoughts take off, split the atmosphere. Pure sound waves travel semi infinitely. Plus, I see you there utmost definitely. Cause the beat, plus the melody makes me speak of LOBE eloquently. So evidently. I mean that from my heart, cause you make me feel good as a person. Cause the beat, cause the melody makes me speak of LOBE eloquently, so evidently. I, 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 I am the best, I rip it up with that. Good gracious, every process has a genesis, it ends with the revelation. God bless this opportunity for me to find a voice for some words that have waited for way too long. No wages, small tips on the avenue, never wasted, all hits for a revenue. Haven't you heard the news lately? Seems we've been living for some time in the purgatory. But yo, I thought I knew what a love song sound like, but I felt a warmer tune in the sunlight. I can still hear it in my room past midnight. Gotta move, take us all the cruise in the moonlight. Sometimes I do forget, oh, how much we could ease our lives to leave. If we learn to let go, the reins that we hold, return to our soul and the spirit that flows. So you see upon everyday face, there's
is a million change to express definition of grace but the method i choose my prerogative there's so much love in me i got to give cause the beat plus the melody makes me speak of l-o-b-e eloquently so evidently Good gracious, 
delicious Every process has a genesis It ends with the revelation God bless this opportunity for me to Sorry about that, just whew, Man, goodness gracious How to use the bathroom I drank this like Easium thing It's supposed to like help with anxiety And stuff like that But um, anyways, I was talking about football. Also, I want to see the new, what is it? The new, um, the new episodes of Succession as well. Oh my goodness. I just don't have the time right now, but <clears throat> I wanted to talk a little bit about the Raiders. I mean, it's May and I want, I want Josh McDaniels to be fired. And I thought he shouldn't have gotten the head coaching job. And there's a lot of people that were like, look, we think that he's changed. We think that he's like, everybody deserves a second chance. And I'm not against second chances and things of that nature. I'm just against giving somebody who really proved and has proved consistently that he's not really a head coach, head coaching material. I, I just, I'm shocked that he got another job, and I'm also doubly shocked that people were like, yep, um, we're shocked that he's failing, I guess. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's weird to me that people are just, that people are kind of just like, they're kind of going with it, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's fine if he fails, it's not that big of a deal, Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, I can't, I can't fucking, I can't fucking believe this shit. I can't fucking believe that, that Josh McDaniels is, is getting yet another shot, yet another look, and he's failing beautifully. Again, the timeline for the Raiders is, if you don't know or don't remember, essentially the Raiders, they fire John Gruden after... Yet another scandal of him being, I guess, like racist and a little bit homo, uh, homophobic. They fire him. And also, he was just not a very good head coach either. And immediately after they fire him, they put in their interim head coach and Steve Bashotti, who is their special teams coordinator, as their head coach. He wins enough games to go to the playoffs. He's the wild card seed and team. And really, I don't think he'll ever... I don't think the Raiders, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing football, I don't think the Raiders will ever, ever be a home team in the playoffs. But so the Raiders, they, run, they went on the road and they almost beat the Bengals. The Bengals, they beat the Chiefs in, in Kansas City and the Bengals, they almost beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. So it's like, who knows? It's a make or miss league, man. Who knows what could have happened if the Raiders had gone on the road and could have actually have participated deeper into the playoffs. Maybe they would have won a couple more. Maybe they would have been shut out in the, uh, in the next game. I don't know. But the possibilities for them to win more games is definitely there. And they didn't have the opportunity. But I remember thinking and saying, like, look, I'm fine if they don't hire Steve Bashotti, But at the exact same time, I'm also, I'm also kind of leaning towards giving him a shot. Like, giving him a fair shot. And they didn't. They went in a horrific direction in Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels is now the head coach for the Raiders. And ever since then, it's been an absolute disaster. 
They go from being one of the better teams in the AFC with a lot of promise and a lot of upside to essentially just gutting the roster and gutting the team. Gutting a lot of the reasons why they were successful in that playoff run in 2021. Getting rid of Darren Waller. Getting rid of Derek Carr. And being like, what do we do with Josh Jacobs? Because Josh Jacobs is one of our best players. But at the exact same time, Josh Jacobs is a running back. And so what exactly do we do with Josh? You know, he has 1,600 yards in 2022 you know, with 4.9 yards per carry, 12 carries, 12 touchdowns, excuse me. It's like his best season ever. But he's entering into one of his final years as a, like as a, just an eligible player. What exactly do we do there? And it, like, it's an interesting dynamic. It is. But even further than that, it's just like the dysfunction that came from the Raiders last year was like, was fucking ridiculous i couldn't believe how bad of a roster not how bad of a roster how bad of a football team they were last year and i think it's all and now it's like they moved on from Derek carr in february after in december saying look guys look Derek, we love you don't come to the stadium don't come to the facility just stay at home we're going to pay you to stay at home because we don't need you uh, to divide the locker room right they told him that then they tried to trade him, which didn't go well at all because everybody knew they were going to release them. They tried to trade him because they didn't want to pay him any money. And so nobody was biting on that end. They gave Derek Carr the ability to seek out a trade. He talked to the Saints, but nothing got done. They are forced to release him, and then he goes to the Saints anyways. And he gets maxed out, pretty much. He gets $40 million per year for four years, I think, right? Let me look up. Derek Carr's contract really, really fast. Because it's, like, it's insane. Yeah, four-year, $150 million, So it's, like, just under $40 million. It's, like, I think 35 It's, like, somewhere around there. Which is a lot of fucking money. It's just, like, if I'm the Raiders, and then, and then they, they go after Jimmy Garoppolo. They go after Jimmy to be their backup. Or not their backup, excuse me, but their starter. And it's just like, I said so at the time, I'll say it again. You made a lateral move. You did all of this. And then they traded Darren Waller, who was, in my opinion, one of the best tight ends in the league. I know he was hurt last year. And then they just, I mean, I love the Tyree Wilson pick. But that cannot be it after so much dysfunction. Granted, they also got Devontae Adams, but that but Devontae Adams wanted to be a Raider because of Las Vegas, but primarily also because of Derek Carr, because Aaron was like, I don't know if I'm retiring or not. And so it's just the Raiders are just supremely dysfunctional in a division where you can't and shouldn't be, because they got three better quarterbacks and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson on three better teams in a conference that's swarmed, swarmed and swamped with talent at the quarterback position. They decide to go after Jimmy Garoppolo. And then this kind of, this, what set me off was me thinking about Boston, thinking about the Patriots. And then it's just like with the New England Patriots, you have this similar level of dysfunction where you have them trying to figure out their quarterback situation, not getting a, a wide receiver in the draft, really in free agency. I love Kayshawn Bouti out of LSU, or at least I loved him, but I'm, I'm not so sure about him now for sure. 
because of just off the field stuff, and even on the field stuff, I guess. And it's just like, it's the Patriots and the Raiders. I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but the Patriots and the Raiders are two very similar organizations in the sense of they are being run by lunatics. And I just, I don't know how they're going to cope. I don't know how they're going to win games. I don't know how they're going to do anything. I don't know how they're going to have long-term success at the rate that they're going. It looks like, it looks like both teams are just done. I mean, we knew the Raiders were done, but the Patriots look to be done as well. Anyways, I'm peacing out for today. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. Where we'll talk about the results of the Lakers versus Nuggets. Anyways, see you tomorrow. 24th podcast.